what do you think is the big difference between someone who has already gone on a path and then they're quite comfortable in that path and then they're I mean, you could say that they're maybe just floating around, not not seeking. Do you think that's the big difference? Someone that's actually seeking something has a frame of reference, has sort of a direction they want to go, and then is open to changing that direction. What What do you think's the big difference between people who kind of just like float around and someone that's like Christopher Columbus that you're talking about? The thing is. Christopher Columbus, I don't even know enough about him to know how intentional he was about seeking things or being content. But, you know, I'll come back to one thing. The enemy of adventure is comfort. The enemy of adventure is comfort. I went for a lot of, being blessed with a lot of comfortable luxury holidays with my family over the years, which I'll cherish and remember forever. But my greatest trips were to Nepal. Because in Nepal, you get the stories. When you're rough, you're sleeping on these wooden bed frames that Nick Abraham made, and you're there, and you're in the middle of the village, and Nick drives off at night because they're freezing in the workshop in Kathmandu, and you actually get stories from discomfort, whereas comfort is the is the enemy of adventure and discovery. So, you know, yeah. one thing I would say is that I think it's very dangerous, to be honest, when talented young people get very big salaries in their job. Mm. That's one thing you'd have. I would be very, I, I would be very cautious of that. I know some very able people and we talk about some opportunities and they're like, yeah, but I don't want to be on less than a hundred K. That's a real limiter for a risk. You know, yeah. like people who go launch these big famous companies and stuff will go on adventures, obviously. They don't earn, they don't earn that in cash, you know, for a very long time. So complacency and comfort is the enemy. Six out of 10 life is the enemy of adventure because you get comfortable doing something and that just locks you in and it's too seductive. I think the opposite is like the people who are curious. So some people are just really content with what they have and that's important, but I think that you can't really go shutting doors, I would say. I think you still need to, and I don't think it's a natural human thing to do, to just button down the hatches. I think that's the magic of online as well now. Like, there's just so many things that can find you. I just think that it's, it's curiosity, and it's whether you're interested and you feel an itch to do things. I think the other thing would be fear. I think, you know, you, you, Scott is a good example. Yes, he does have fears around things. He does get afraid of some things, but he's not really, he's not very too shy at all. And that's why he's always keen to open a new door. It's not wondering, doesn't, much less than other people will wonder, what are people going to think if I do this? What are people going to think if I do that? So you've got comfort, you've got fear, and then on the positive side, you've got curiosity. And I'd say that's why, well, fear can, Comfort can exacerbate fear because you've got more to lose. So to so called so you believe anyway. So that's pretty tricky. That's why people who work five days a week on a comfortable enough salary. Actually, I get I get concerned because you know yeah it, it can lead you towards whatever a milestone. But I think you just got to have something in your life that can bring in some unexpected things, and what that looks like. Well, Luke, you're a good example. You work full time. 
but you also, you know, starting to do the podcast or just having interesting people that you just talk to anyway, being open to things. You know, I was talking to Dom the other day about that potential, you know, break in a couple of years to go running and experience something. Because why yeah. not? Because you're young once. And maybe taking a couple of years off work, even though work is okay and you get you get paid enough and everything like that. But you should not settle for comfortable. The goal of life should not be comfort. The goal of life should be adventure. Mm, I mean, that's, um, the other thing is logic. Yeah. I think a lot of people who don't do it just don't have the perspective. Just aren't logical because everyone else is settling for comfort. And Western society is very easy to confuse comfort as the goal. Everything points towards making things incrementally more comfortable, which is ridiculous. Yeah, it's funny how it works in reverse. It comes back to the anti-fragile idea we were talking about, Joe, where, I mean, you, you're, set on, you're set on a particular path and if you don't start sort of pushing the outside of the walls of your comfort zone, I mean, it's corny to say, you start, I've found, I've actually, in my own experience, been the most miserable when I'm sort of succumbed to that experience, when I've like, I know I want to do something, but I'll let it, I won't let it for a time, you know, you'll let it just hold you back a little bit. And the counter of that makes you sort of lose self-confidence and stuff like that. Whereas if you want to do something and you sort of say, hey, this is, might be uncomfortable, there's the unknown, you sort of just push yourself and you, you go out there. And it's always, it's, it's always, it's funny because in the moment it feels like it's going to be something that's scary or will sort of make you fearful. But whenever you do it, it's all, it's never as bad as you think never. ever. And, and it's very hard. It's still, it's hard to convince yourself in the moment, but once you, <laughs> once you do it, you know, like the more uh, you become more quote unquote anti-fragile, the more you do something like, for example, putting yourself out there, speaking in public, or the more you exercise, you get fitter, all those sort of things. But whenever you're in a certain position you still have to convince yourself no matter how much you're you're pushing yourself i i use that magic number three like almost go do it go do any of these things try any of these, th these things three times uh, your first attempt at business might be negative so you might go well i'm never going to start a business again what a stupid limiter you don't have to start a business again but having ruled it out is, is pretty stupid. What if you find a major problem one day and you're the only person who can really do it and the vehicle to do it would be through business? Like the goal is not business, business is a tool. So I think that you should have started three creative projects, whether on your own or with people, preferably with, be amazing if it's with three different groups of people, as early as you can, hopefully before the age of 25 or 30 really, traveled three times, probably on your own to three different places. I, I've noticed the value of seeing myself be seriously wrong about things, especially like professionally or what I want to do with myself. Once you, three times, because the first time it's like, damn, I was wrong. Hope that doesn't happen again. Second time's like, oh my God, I was actually wrong again. Like, that's crazy. But I think finally the third time you're like, oh wow, this is probably going to keep happening. <laughs> but look, I've, yeah. I've overcome this three times. So that's like, it locks in that pattern, you know, like you can predict any pattern of numbers. I think, what is it? You can normally predict a pattern of numbers once you've seen the first three examples in it and you try and figure out what's in, what's common, but it's, it's very hard when you've only got two, right? So if I go two, four, what's the next number? You might say six, you might say eight, uh, you don't know.
But if I give you the next number, you can kind of figure out the pattern with a bit more precision. Does that make sense? So if I go two, four, eight, you're like, oh, it's doubling. So then, then that makes it. So I feel like, what are examples for me? So I think that getting off what I'd say is my kind of compass. The first time I did it, it was probably psychology. Then the next time I studying psychology rather than really focusing on film. The second time I did it was probably going more down real estate, which was just like a shiny object opportunity at the time. And I really didn't know much about what I was getting into. Obviously didn't know how things would pan out. And then, you know, I think I had another opportunity when lockdown ended to, to help a guy out with a um, construction business, which ended up doing really well. But I was like, no, no, no. I've done this before where it was just like, it's a cool business opportunity, but it doesn't align with me. Or it seems like the sensible thing to do because it might lead to money. That doesn't work out for me. So then I build up this, you know, clearer decision-making framework for myself. The other thing was like, I think when I went to Nepal, first time I was, wow, I had no idea what the world of international development's really like. There's a lot of like corruption and a lot of bullshit in this. And then I think that also started, helped me ironically start learning more about education. I was like, wow, there's a lot of fluff and bullshit in education. So it's like, if charity and giving back is different to how I thought it was and education, the reality of learning is different to what I thought it was. What else am I wrong about? And then that really opened my mind to so much. And then even say with the struggling with my real estate business, I think looking back and going, well, I figured out high school pretty well. I, you know, figured out how to do this nonprofit stuff. It gave me a bit of self-belief to go, I'm not just a complete write-off for this. So you really got to tr go and try a couple of different things because it's really easy to just get it turn turned off from, from the first thing. Like I think Seth Godin's like, I was a failed entrepreneur for eight years. Guy's one of the most well-known people in marketing circles in the world. Eight years, he's like, I was a failed entrepreneur. So... Maybe if you're not good enough yet, you just haven't been bad enough yet. Yeah, and that's um, 